You're listening to a Westpac Wire podcast. Westpacwire.com.au. I'm James Thornhill, and I'm happy to say we've got Westpac's senior currency market strategist, Sean Callow, back in the studio for an update on the Australian dollar. Sean, thanks for joining me. Great to be back with you. Well, when we spoke back in January, you gave an upbeat assessment of the Aussie's prospects in 2023 with a year-end forecast of 74 US cents. Well, it's fair to say it's not been plain sailing for the Aussie so far this year, and we currently find it hovering just below the 70 cent level. Some of that softness can be explained by the global bank sector turmoil that we saw triggered by the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank back in March. But of course, there's still plenty of the year to go and time for the Aussie to recover. So my first question is, are you sticking with that year-end forecast? We are, yes. We are still optimistic, but boy, you're, you're quite right. It has not been plain sailing, particularly from, uh, I'd say, early February through to mid-March. So we had great volatility there. I think when we, we last spoke in January, things were looking fairly upbeat overall, the, the world, world economy, um, particularly China, very uh, upbeat. But really, February, the story from February through to early early March was um, inflation being persistent in the US, uh, pricing for the Federal Reserve reserve surged and in fact the yields and the two year yields rose from about 430 to over 5% and we had a very hawkish start to march as uh, uh, as the fed chair powell spoke and talked about the rates being higher for longer but then this as you say silicon valley bank there was another bank signature bank it's just that that sort of turmoil credit swiss it just raised the prospects of have central banks gone too far and raised too too high and does that mean just a reassessment of where rates will be and for the outlook for the global economy? So, look, the, the higher the Fed does ra- raise its rates, the more difficult for the Aussie dollar and for the global economy. Um, but for, for now, we're, we're remaining cautiously upbeat. But near term, the Aussie's been really stuck in a 66 to 68 cent range. Now, in the context of, uh, of the uh, turmoil caused by uh, SVB, uh, I think it'd be useful um, for our listeners, Sean, if you could have sort of uh, give an explainer as, as why the Aussie can be vulnerable in, the, in these times of global financial market stress. Yeah, look, the Aussie is uh, often seen as really a good times currency. I like to think of it as it outperforms when the global economy is accelerating and it underperforms at times of global stress. So most dramatically, of course, in the GFC in 2008, it fell from 98 cents to 60 cents in just a few months in late 2008. But then by early 2009, we had the S&P 500 bottomed out in, in March 2009. The Aussie started to rally with it, and it was back above 90 cents by late 2009. So it can move very quickly when the, the mood changes. But a, a lot of it really gets down to that uh, the, the leverage to growth, and particularly to, say, Asian growth and demand for commodities, and uh, that, that obviously helping Australia's trade position as a commodity exporter. Now, the interest interest rate dynamic seems to have swung back in favour of the US dollar in recent weeks, with some strong economic data putting Fed rate hikes back on the agenda. Do you see Fed tightening outpacing moves by the RBA over the remainder of this year? It's a good question. It could be a very close call because we do think the RBA has another rate hike coming up uh, in May. The, we think that that'll be off the, the back of a resilient CPI. And we've had them. They've sounded as though they're a little bit concerned about things like um, a surge in population growth, putting extra pressure on, on housing, etc. So they do seem to be leaning in that direction. So if they do, then that takes the cash rate to 385. 
We think that it'll be held there until the end of the year. For the Fed, uh, currently it's on a range of 475 to 5%. Uh, a base case is that they hold it there um, to, to year end, um, that the that just on balance, they'll, they'll want to see more in terms of the how financial conditions are tightening after the, that banking turmoil and how far growth slows. But uh, to be fair, markets are leaning towards a, a hike in May. So to push it just above 5%, and they're, they're toying with the rate cuts by the end of the year, but we think they'll, they'll hold there. So I think for the bottom line for the Aussie dollar is that uh, at the short end of the curve, so let's say a cash rate and two-year year Yields. The Australian dollar is historically unattractive. Um, it, its yields are much lower than the US. Uh, it's a bit different at the 10-year, but the bottom line is it, it's one of the sources that keeps a, uh, one of the headwinds for the Aussie dollar. Now, we already touched on um, commodity prices and their importance to the Aussie, and they've been performing pretty well, offering a good buttress of support. And that's a trend that shows little sign of waning as China's economy continues to pick up. Um, could that help turn around the Aussie's fortunes over the remainder of the year? Yeah, we do think it will be a source of strength. The latest data we had from China, they released their first quarter GDP numbers. Those were stronger than markets expected. In the details, we saw a particular strength in the steel production. So that's uh, encouraging for uh, Australia's uh, iron ore exports. Those are still above... Uh, the. $110 a tonne, which is a very profitable area for, for Australian miners. So to be sure, the, the commodity prices, they are down from those peaks we saw about March last year in the immediate wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the demand for energy uh, in particular. So there's been a little bit of cooling there that will have an impact on, say, liquefied natural gas exports for Australia. But uh, they are still overall underpinning very large trade surpluses for Australia. So that's good for the exporters, but it's also good for Australia's the budget. So in May, we see the budget, the bottom line already, the, the treasurer is being asked about this improvement, this windfall, what have you, what are you going to do with the money uh, compared to your forecasts? And so that's going to be a hot topic over the, the next couple of months, this increase in tax receipts from uh, those strong commodity prices. Now let's switch tack a little bit. And the British pound is a currency I keep a close eye on as an expat. And it's had a solid quarter, making up some ground against the Aussie. And that might surprise a few people, given that the UK economy continues to struggle with high inflation and stagnant growth. So what's your outlook for that sterling Aussie cross rate in the months ahead? Yeah, look, you're right in terms of the growth. So the, the UK growth, it has picked up a, a little bit in terms of uh, relative to expectations. So the Bank of England's no longer forecasting an outright re recession. They think it might muddle through a little bit, but inflation's still close to 10%. It really is still one of the highest in uh, of all developed nations. And that is really meaning that the Bank of England <clears throat> has to do more on, on monetary policy. So uh, they've got a meeting in the, the second week of May. The markets are Pricing the cash rate in the UK to rise from four and a quarter percent to four point nine percent thereabouts over the course of this year. So that's definitely a yield advantage for for sterling. But 
we, as I say, as we're discussing with Australia's leverage to to China, that strong trade position for the uh, the, the Aussie dollar, we think that that eventually does um, start to support the Aussie. So for the time being, we've got the spot rate around around uh, 54p uh, is the is the current rate. Uh, we see that rising to about 58 cents in the se- uh, 58p in the second half of the year. But uh, a level of confidence is maybe a little bit down, given how persistent those rate rises have been in the UK. Now, finally, let me turn to the New Zealand dollar. And it, of course, has been caught up in the same global headwinds as the Aussie in the first quarter. But the hawkish stance of the RBNZ is lending some support there. Do you expect the Kiwi to outperform the Aussie in the short to medium term? We may have turned a corner on that one. So it's been very volatile. And you're right to look at those interest rate differentials because it's been such a contrast between the Reserve Bank of New Zealand going early and hard in terms of interest rate rises relative to the RBA. So that yield story has really hurt hurt the Aussie. And we got a fresh hit in early April when the Reserve Bank of New Zealand surprised markets by raising rates 50 basis points to five and a quarter. So five and a quarter percent is one of the highest you'll find in amongst any developed market. So, so that's been big support for for the for them, except that they're they're openly talking about needing to uh, go through a recession to raise to lower um, inflation. So that's not the what we're hearing in a, in Australia. The Reserve Bank is talking about preserving the fall in the unemployment rate to these near fifty year lows in, in unemployment in Australia around three and a half percent. They're trying to keep growth going. They're trying to support the market. So it's a case of you can buy the Kiwi now and you get a higher interest rate, but for how long will they need to cut rates again within 12 months? Quite possibly. So it's been interesting to see that price action. The uh, Aussie Kiwi um, cross rate dip below 106 cents, so, so dollar six New Zealand to buy one Aussie in early April after the RBNZ. But as of today, it's above 108. So it's rebounded um, quite sharply. And I think a lot of it is that the markets expect that Australia will benefit more than New Zealand from China's recovery. And maybe Australia, the Australian economy will hold up a little bit better. So, so it's shown itself to be a little bit resilient there, the, the Aussie battler. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Yeah, we'll keep a close eye on developments going forward. And thanks again for sharing your insights. You're welcome, James. That's all from us today at Westpac Wire. For more, head to westpacwire.com.au.